In Jesus' name. Is here tonight, and uh, thanks, thanks, Sean, and thanks, Andrew, and and Dean. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I just um, welcome tonight, as Dean said, and I, I just feel the uh, the Lord is in this place in just a, an undeniable way. And um, our prayer for these two nights was that His presence would just would just really uh, move, and that every person here uh, we would experience God together. And so uh, I just, uh, as I prepared on Monday night, I felt the Spirit of God. Just I was like, God, what do you want me to share? And Monday night I pressed in and, and I left my uh, time of study Monday night and just didn't have what God wanted to say. I was like, yeah, I got some ideas. And Tuesday night I was in my house and, and uh, the way I prepare is I start actually to pace. I just start pacing. Maybe it's nervousness. Maybe it's whatever God, the Spirit of God. I'm not sure. Uh, but I'm pacing and I just, I really felt this word in my spirit and I want to share. And if you have your Bibles tonight, it's from First Samuel. And uh, if you could turn to First Samuel uh, chapter 1. And uh, I just feel God has put a word in tonight. There is, uh, there is something that's going to happen tonight. Uh, just His presence is here. And uh, I want to share this word. And we're going to have a time of prayer ministry at the end. And just uh, call people forward. And uh, it's going to be good. So, everyone doing okay tonight? You, you alive? Come on. How many just enjoyed Sean and just the, the spirit that he brings? Yeah. Just real honor to have him here. He travels about 300 days a year, India, Africa, he's off to Mozambique. He just, again, travels the world, but he, he just feels, he was here last year and just feels to invest in what God is doing in Canada. And I believe we're on the verge of something. Uh, God is doing something. I also want to welcome the people streaming. I know there's tons of people streaming online, wherever you are in the world. Welcome. It's good to have you joining us tonight online. And very cool, that technology. So, the birth of Samuel, chapter 1. There was a certain man from Ramathon, Ramathim, as Zuphathite, from the hill country of Ephraim. I, I'm going to butcher some names tonight, so I apologize if any of these names are your name. So, I apologize. So, if your name is Ephraim, Ephraim okay, I got that. Whose name was Elkina, son of Jeroham. 
the son of Elhu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf, an Ephraimite. He had two wives. One was called Hannah and the other Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had none. Year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where Hophni and Phileth, the two sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. Whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of meat to his wife Penina and all their sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her. And the Lord had closed her womb. Because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Her husband Elkina would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? And once they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now, Eli priest was sitting on his chair by the doorpost of the Lord's house. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly, and she made a vow, saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me, and not forget your servant, but give her a son. Then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life. As she kept on praying the Lord to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, How long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your not so, my lord, Hannah replied. I'm a woman who's deeply troubled. I've not been drinking wine or, or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Eli answered, go in peace and may God of Israel grant you what you ask of him. She said, may your servant find favor in your eyes. And then she went away and ate something. Her face was no longer downcast. Early the next morning they arose and worshipped before the Lord, and then they went back to their home in Ramah. Elkinah made love to his wife Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, Because I asked the Lord for him. And in verse 21, When her husband Elkinah went up with all his family to offer the annual sacrifice to the Lord and to fulfill his vow, Hannah did not go. She said to her husband, After the boy is weaned, I will take him and present him before the Lord, and he will live there always. Do what seems best to you, her husband Elkanah told her. Stay here until you've weaned him. Only may the Lord make good his, his word. So the woman stayed at home and nursed her son until she had weaned him. After she weaned him, she took the boy with her, young as he was, along with a three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour and a skin of wine, and brought him and brought the boy to Eli. And she said to him, Pardon me, my Lord, as surely as you live, I am the woman who stood before here beside you praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I've asked. So now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life he will be given to the Lord. And he worshipped the Lord there. So, long story, a story of the birth.
And, and there's a few points that I, I really just want to highlight tonight from this story. And uh, the first thing is, Hannah had a purpose. See, Elkina had two wives, and they had, there was two people in this story. There's Hannah, and Hannah has a purpose of God. She knows in her heart that God has a plan for her life, that God destined her life from the beginning, and that her life is purpose-filled. Yes, she's married to a wonderful husband, and yes, they, they have a wonderful home, and they have all the great things, but she knew inside of her she was purposed by God for one task, that there was something in her to fulfill the destiny, the dream of God. The dream involved Hannah, and she knew it. There was something in Hannah's life that, that had to come out, that had to be expressed. She, she was a purpose. She loved God with all her heart. She loved her husband, and, and she, but she could not have children. And she wanted them, but couldn't have them. And then there's Penina, or maybe we'll call her Panini. I don't know. When I first read it, I said Panini. So, you know, like whole grain Panini at Tim Hortons, they're actually pretty good if you had one. But um, actually the bacon and uh, the, uh, the bacon one with uh, a tomato and cheese, you should try it. It's really good. Kind of expensive, but Tim Hortons, yeah, they've done it again. So... Um, Panini is the secondary option for her husband. Panini is, is the one that can have children. And, and it doesn't say it in the story, but most likely Hannah could not have children, so Elkina picked up another wife. They did that in those days, and she picked up Panini. So he picked up Panini. She could have children, and she was able. And I think from this is we need to remember that Hannah had a purpose in her heart. Hannah, Hannah had a, had a, had, it was purpose filled. There was something in her life that God had called her to do something. And, and she knew that. See, Jeremiah 29 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope in the future. And I believe what God wants to say to us tonight is each one of us, me included, have a plan from God. We are destined, we are purposed. God has put something inside of us, yet we have a physical DNA, we have a spiritual DNA. And that God is looking for us to fulfill the purpose on the earth. That we are called by God, each one of us, however, where we find ourselves for work and for family, there is something that we are called to to live out, to live out the purpose of God. And when you find that, you find that you're in your element. You find, I, me- I found what I've been made for. And you come alive. I know when I do things that I know it's like, God, you've made me for this. It's like, there's a moment where it's like, yeah. And you can be so excited. You don't need money to do it. You don't need anything. It's like, it's just a passion inside of you. And so in this woman, Hannah, we see that God had, had put a purpose. And I believe every person in this room tonight, whether you think you may not have a purpose, God is saying you have a purpose tonight. I planned your life out. Before you were even born, I knew what you were going to do. I knew how you are going to change the world in your way because I planned it and I purposed for it. And I'm waiting for you to fulfill it. I'm calling you. I'm calling it out of you tonight. And I feel God's even saying, I'm calling the dream out of you tonight. I'm calling dreamers that, that you've had a purpose and you've said, yeah, I don't know if I'll ever fulfill that. God is is, is rebirthing that tonight, resurging it, whatever you want to call it. He, he's bringing it to the forefront tonight. And there's some people here that you go, I don't even know if I have a purpose. I don't even know what the dream is for my life. God wants to give it to you tonight. See, Hannah had a purpose. Hannah had a purpose. The second thing Hannah had is she had a problem. 
And Hannah cannot have kids. And Panini can. And Hannah's name means grace. She is favor, but she is in unfavor. She, she, her name means grace. She, she has the favor of her husband. She has the blessing of God, but she's living in unfavor. She, she, you know, what do you do when you, when there is blessing, when there is purpose, there is a plan, and a, there's a God dream inside of you, but you're not seeing the fruit of it? See, Hannah knows that she's got a purpose. Hannah knows that there's something inside of her to be fulfilled, and yet, It's delayed, it's denied, it's derailed. She's not seeing it happen. She's waiting on a miracle and it's not happening. And year after year, she's going, God, when are you going to do it? I know, I know you're going to do something and she's not seeing it. She lives in this divine tension. She believes in God, yet she's wondering the question that we all may ask. When, God? When? You've given me a word in my heart. You've given me a purpose. You've given me a dream. You've given me a plan. But when, God? You watch over your word, but, but yeah, uh, it's been a lot of watching. Not a lot of happening. Like, when's it going to happen? See, she had purpose. She wasn't settling. She wasn't, she, she, her husband even said, listen, why aren't you happy? You have me. I love you more than ten. Like I, I, I've, I've taken care of you, Hannah. Listen, I, you're favored. Why aren't you? Why aren't you happy? Like what's wrong? But she knew that she knew that she knew inside of her that there was a purpose that wasn't being fulfilled. She knew, she knew, she knew that she was supposed to fulfill something on the earth that only she could do. Yet it wasn't happening. And she went to God, and she was she was praying to God. She was calling to God. It wasn't happening. And it's, it's funny, when, when we have a problem, sometimes other people can say, not understand the problem. See, because it was in the supernatural. It was in the dream realm. It wasn't a reality. See, people can go, well, it looks all good on the surface. Everything's, everything's good. How come you're not happy? And yet inside you're like, that's not my purpose to be fulfilled. See, we can listen to man at times, and man can have a great plan for our lives. And there's been times in my life where I've had to choose, okay, God, do I listen to a man who hears from God, or do I listen to you, God? Do I listen to the purpose you have? Man has great purpose for my life. (laughs) But God, I want your purpose. I don't want to be fearful of man. I don't want to walk in what man thinks. I don't want to see, oh, you got it all together. You're successful. See, the world says you can be successful by having a great job and a great car and a great house and a great, all that stuff. But the reality is, if you're not fulfilling the purpose of God in your heart, you'll be miserable. You'll be forever looking for that next thing to buy to maybe fill the void. But if you're not living for where God's called you to be, if you're not living the purpose and the dream, you'll be miserable. And here Hannah is this way. And, and we all face problems in our life. Stumbling blocks, detours on the way to our purpose. And some of them may be sickness. Maybe you feel lost tonight. Maybe you doubt the purpose. Maybe there, see, there is hope, but there's also there is fear that has, has blocked you from, from the problem is fear. I don't know what it is tonight, but I believe in this place God wants to set us free from fear. See, fear infects the way we worship. See, when we have fear in our lives, we, we, can fear, we can fear man and we can fear everything else and it infects our worship. It actually redirects our worship and it removes Him out of it. 
We're more worried about what he's going to think or what he's going to do or she's going to say than what he's going to say. And there's problems, whether it's sickness, whether it's not finding the dream that God's called us to be. Maybe there's some people here tonight and you have a call to ministry. You know that God has called you, but you haven't seen that dream. There's some people here tonight that you have a call to be musicians. You have a call to release a sound on the earth. You have a song inside of you. You have a voice that needs to be heard, but yet you don't know how it's going to look. And you're waiting on God to break through. You're waiting on that purpose to be fulfilled on the earth. And I believe God wants to do breakthrough tonight in that area. The third thing that we read from this story is Hannah had a provoker. Hannah had a provoker. See, she had she had the other lady. Panini. Whole grain panini. And Panini lives in her house, okay? Like they she's the other wife, okay? Like weird arrangement here. Uh we're not really familiar with this style unless you live in Bountiful or something. Um, it, it's not our flow, okay? But this is the flow of what's happening in this day. And there's Panini living in her house, and Panini can have kids. She has no problem pumping out the kids. I mean, she has children. Not an issue. Hannah can't have children. Provoker is someone who deliberately stirs up trouble. And instead of being... Hannah's best friend, instead of being someone that Hannah can go, hey, Panini, could you pray for me today? I'm just having a hard day. They're living in the same house. They're they're, they're doing chores. They have servants. It's all about the same household. And yet this woman in the household that's connected to the same husband is a provoker, is causing trouble, is rubbing it in, is saying, na, 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 you can't have kids every day. And I can imagine, here's Hannah. She's got this dream on her heart. She's got this purpose. She's got this plan that God's put inside of her. She doesn't even know how to express it. Like, like how do you say, I, I made that, uh, you know, God's, God's put a dream to have kids. And she can't have them. Like, it's not happening. And the word that describes Panina, her name means pearl or coral. And it means She's valuable. And uh, see, here are two woman, women. There's Pearl and there's Favor, Grace, Favor, Hannah. And they're living together. And see, Pearl has value now. Fa- favor seems to have no value. But the reality is, is that Pearl has value now, but Favor has a future that has value. Favor has value in the future. Favor has value in the end. And, and, and you know... I, um, when I was in junior high, I was, uh, I had a provoker and I, you might call him a bully. You might call him, uh, a a guy that, uh, uh, he was a Christian guy. Actually, uh, he went to my church. I went to, uh, Vernon Barford junior high, had 700 people. I, uh, was the shortest kid in my school and I had a big backpack and I had some pretty nerdy glasses, uh, no braces, um, but I was in my school, and, and so this, this kid, Matt, he was in my youth group. His dad was a pastor, so he's a pastor's kid. And here, he's in, he's in my class. And I remember thinking, oh, like another Christian at school would be great. But it wasn't great. Uh, he wore uh, a onesie almost every day to school. 
the, the flannel, the, you know the long johns are made of, the waffle? He made a full onesie waffle outfit every day. And his job every day was to make my life miserable. And so he would pick on me from the 840 bell to the end of the day till 320. And if there was anything I ever like got up to do a presentation or something, he'd be like, yeah, you screwed up. And he would heckle me from the back, be like, hey, Christian, and all this stuff. I'm like, you're a Christian too, or I thought you were. And it was like, it was this, this, this constant bullying, provoking, constantly at me. He would make fun of me. He would ridicule me. He was like just this bully. So one weekend at youth group, we were going to YC. And we went down to Red Deer at the time. And, and he was put in my room. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, I have to deal with this guy every day at school. And so, so I am, I am eating pizza on my bed, just sitting there eating pizza. We order pizza. And he goes and takes uh, toilet paper, gets it as wet as possible. Boom. Fires it across the room. Hits me in the face, right? And I'm just like, honestly, we're going to do this. Yeah, like seriously. And so, so then I took the pizza box and I like cut him on the nose and he's bleeding and they had to like separate us and like we just scrapped and it was like, it was this, it was this bully relationship. And there was stuff going on in his life. He was in a moment. And, and at a young age, at that young age, I realized he's rebelling from everything his parents are teaching. And so he was acting that out on me. And it wasn't my fault. It wasn't, but I was his, his, his opportunity for him to release that anger, to release that pain, to that insecurity in his own heart. That rebellious spirit was coming out on me, which wasn't awesome, but he moved away. Thank you, Jesus. But, you know, it's, it's like, it's like dogs that sense fear. And he, like, just sensed that he could, like, pick on me. And there was that, that moment where he, they, he would find my weakness and pounce on it. And, you know, what the root is, and, and we look at this story of this provoker. Here, Panini. You know, what's the root of her? She's jealous. She's jealous because she sees the call of God on Hannah. She doesn't have that same purpose. And here she sees Hannah has a purpose. And yet Hannah's not walking in it. She can see it. See, sometimes we're not even in our purpose. And we're not even in our plan that God has for us. But other people can see it. Other people can see it before we can even see it at times. And I've been walking in journeys where it's like other people are like, do you see this? Do you see this in you? And I'm like, yeah, I guess that is happening, you know. It's like other people can see what God's doing at times. And, and Panini could see it. She could see that there was favor on Hannah. That God had favored her because she was close to God. And, and there was a jealousy that came out. That's the root. And so Pearl had value now, but favor, who seems to have no value, she cannot conceive, she cannot fulfill the promise that God had put in her, is about to. See, in the Bible, time and time again, God calls people. He calls people, He calls David, the shepherd, to be the king. He, he, he calls people, uh, time and time again, He calls Gideon a mighty warrior. But Gideon, when he's called, he's in a threshing grain in a wine press. 
You don't thresh grain in a wine press. The reason he's threshing grain in a wine press is because there's so many enemies, he doesn't know where to go, so he's hiding. And God's got to show up, and he's like, God, give me a sign that you're here. God, give me a sign, give me a fleece. He does like multiple tests of God because he's fearful that he's not hearing God. He's fearful of the enemy. He's so in fear, but God calls out of him a mighty warrior. See, God sees in the realm of faith. God sees and views each of us, not how man sees. You may feel unsuccessful and rejected in the eyes of man, but I'm telling you tonight, God sees in you fullness. God sees in you favor. God sees your end destination, not your location now. See, Panini was at a location of value now, but God looked at Hannah and God could see that in the future, her destination. She had a purpose and she had a dream and God was going to fulfill it. And I believe God wants to say that you may have provokers that are provoking you. You may have people that are just like rubbing you the wrong way. And it's like God is going to use that together for his good to do something in that situation. I think of, I think of Dean, a Dean who shared. Dean came to me and he had an employee at work. And he goes, this guy at work is just making my life miserable. And we talked about it and we prayed about it as a team. And, and I said, I just felt God say, you know what, there, there's insecurities in that guy. You need to look at his heart. What's happening in his heart? And he goes, yeah, you're right. I'm going to start praying for him. And as he started praying for him, God started to reveal what was actually going on. He saw him not as a provoker, but he saw him as a wounded person. He saw him for who he really was because he does have value. And here, Panini has value in God's eyes. She does have value. And God loved her, but she's provoking Hannah. And sometimes our provoker can be the one that brings us into our promise. Can be the one that, that sees our purpose, that, that pushes us, makes it tough, and it sucks, and all of that. But I thank God that He uses the provoker at times to bring out the best in us, that the cream would rise to the top, that the dream would come out of us. Thank you, Rob. <laughs> See, the other thing from Hannah's story is she prayed. She prayed. The Bible says that when she didn't know what to do, when no one understood her, when her husband couldn't figure it out and said, what's wrong, Hannah? You should be happy. She went to God. She went to God. See, the sad reality is that we pray better when we have to. We pray when there's an obstacle. We pray when we have a provoker. We pray when we have a sickness, a disease, a mountain that needs to be moved. See, the pressure prioritizes things. You know, when we're, when we're hungry and you go through your day and you're just hungry in the natural for food and you, you finally get a steak and you get a, uh, a lobster and you get, oh, you, and you have dessert and you have like a crispy mashed potatoes with a little sour cream and bacon bits on it and then you have a little creme brulee and, and then you, you know, you just, you fill yourself up and it's just like, oh, thank you, Lord. You know, you fill up. There's something where you're full. And if some of you are at a restaurant and they go, oh, would you like, would you like something else? Would you like something else to eat? And you're like, are you at someone's house? You're like, no, I'm totally full. I'm stuffed. I can't eat anymore. 
And that's how it works in the natural. But I believe in the supernatural, in God's realm of hunger for Him, that when we feed, when we come to something like resurgence, when we get something of God, when we start worshiping and just going for it, when, when God is doing something in our lives, we can have that same attitude where we like, we fill up and we're like, oh, we're full. Now we just go home and we go back to life as usual. Oh, that was a great meal. But see, there's a hunger that needs to burn inside of us that goes, hey, you're hungry, you eat, and now there's more hunger. Because I had a great meal of God, because I I communed with Him, because I had dining, it doesn't make me full, it makes me hungry for the next meal. It makes me looking over every rock, God, where are you? I want to find you, I want to know your purpose. God, I'm waiting for a promise. Is it over here? Like, where is it, God? There's something inside of us that needs to rise up and be men and women of prayer. See, too long we can be on the defensive. You know, sickness can come and it's like, okay, we got to gather the saints. we got to pray for someone. You know, obstacles come. I really need prayer for this. I need prayer for that. And it's like we're, we're, the devil sets our agenda. So we're, we're all constantly going, okay, because i got to pray now because all this happened. i got to do this because all this happened. And it's like if this is hockey, it's like playing a trap. It's like a defensive game. It's like you're, you're just, okay, the enemy's going to come. Let's prepare. The enemy's going to come. But God calls us to have possession of the puck. He calls us to be offensive. He calls us to set the agenda of the enemy. And I believe what God wants to do is He wants to set the agenda in this city. He wants to set the agenda in our lives. He wants to set the agenda in this nation. It's a nation of prayer. It's a nation of worship. It's a nation called by God to be healing to the nations. And, And we need to rise up and be the people that God's called us to be. And it starts with prayer. And here's Hannah. She's praying. She's praying to God. And what's interesting is Eli sees her praying and thinks that she's drunk. See, sometimes we can be misunderstood too. And Eli was a good guy. Eli loved God. And sometimes good people who love God misunderstand us. They misunderstand us. They don't see us for who we are. I remember times when I felt a call of God to ministry. Great men and women of God have said, are you really called? They asked me that question. They weren't. They weren't. They were just, just asked a question. And it was like, really? You're going to misunderstand. Like, it's like, they didn't pray about it. It was just one of those questions. Are you really called? And it was like one of those questions where I had to go, okay, God, it's not man that calls me. It's God that calls me. And so we may be misunderstood. We may, we may have people that, that think our intentions are different, that think, like here Eli thought she was drunk. To be drunk in that day would be serious offense. To be in a temple drunk, to be praying like she was drunk, like he misunderstood her. He, he, he just made a, a judgment call, and, and, and God bless him, he was probably busy that day. It was just one of those things he noticed this woman, he's like, okay, something's weird over there. But she prayed. See, and God heard Hannah's prayers. And she wanted a child so bad. I, from the story when we read, she wanted a child so bad that she said this to God. She said, God, if you give me a child, if you give me this promise, if you fulfill your purpose in me that I've been meant for, I will give it back to you. I want it so bad that I don't even want it. I want it so bad that I want to hold it and steward it, but then let it on. 
I want it so bad that I'm going to hold it and I'm going to let it out of the cage and let it fly on its own. It's like that, that bird that it just, it's like, okay, now it's time to go. So she prayed this to God and said, God, I want it so bad that it's not about me, but it's about you. It's about fulfilling the purposes of God. And God wants you so bad to fulfill the dream inside of you. But it's not about us, it's about Him. That we release it onto the earth. That we release it in this city. That we release it in our jobs. That we release it every day. So, the next thing we see in the story is that there's a promise. She's promised a son. And Eli says, God's going to grant you your prayer. And so she goes home. Relations take place. They lay together. However you want to say it. Stuff goes down at that household. Hannah is pregnant. A miracle happens. She gives birth to Samuel. And she named him Samuel, the scripture says, because I asked the Lord for him. And his name actually means because God has heard. Because God heard. And here Samuel is then weaned, the Bible says, and given to Eli at a young age to be given to the Lord. See, she holds it with a loose grip. She kept her word. She said, God, I want the son. I want the promise. I want to fulfill your destiny on the earth. And then she hands it off. She stewards what God's given her, and then she releases it. See, we're called to empower. We're called to release. Too many times we can get something and say, God, if you just give me that. And then there's control and there's like, "Mm, no, I'm not letting it go. But God's called us to, as we freely receive, to freely give. There's a release. There's an empowerment that we're called to be. And Samuel's given to the Lord. And she honors the Lord. He hears God. So Samuel is the boy that heard God when Eli was sleeping. And and you know the story that he heard God's voice. So, because I heard Lord, is his name, because I heard the Lord Samuel, God hears, hears God. Come on. He hears God's voice at a young age. Samuel rises up to be this leader that ends up fighting the Philistines. He rallies the people of God together. He's a leader. He's someone that's going to change a generation for the Israelites. Not only that, God starts speaking to him and he becomes a prophet of God. A prophet, somebody that hears God's voice and then delivers messages to people. And, and not just normal people, not just any people, not just people on the street. God sends him to go find the next king of Israel, King Saul, and says, I'm going to anoint you the king of Israel. And, and he pours oil on, I don't know if you've seen the Bible series, but it's like a big jug of oil. It's like, and, and King Saul gets anointed as a king. And then King Saul lives his life and he, he disregards God. He disobeys God. He doesn't follow God's heart. And so God then calls Samuel again, go and find the next king. So here's a guy that hears God that is going to go find the next king of all of his people. And he goes and finds David, the shepherd, out in the field in the middle of nowhere and says, you're the next king. The shepherd. The guy who kills lions and bears and has a slingshot. You're the next king because your heart's in the right place. And 
we look back at Hannah, she had a purpose. She had a purpose. She didn't know what the end would look like. She probably didn't know what Samuel would do, that he was not just an ordinary child. But she fulfilled the purposes on the earth. And we look at Hannah, we read all about Samuel, and we read about that, but we forget, here's Hannah, who said, God, I'm not giving up on the dream of my life. Though I may have problem, though may there's a provoker, though I, I'm not giving up on you, and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to see God do a miracle. She never gave up on the purpose. In 1989, in the country of Armenia, there was an earthquake that registered 8.2 on the Richter scale, I think they call it, and uh, it almost flattened the country of Armenia. And in that earthquake, 30,000 people were killed, they say, in, in just under four minutes. It almost destroyed the whole country. And in the midst of the chaos and destruction, there was this, this family, this son and his dad, and every day this father would say to his son, Son, I'm always here for you. I love you, son. And they would go off to work, and the son would go to school. And this day of the earthquake, the father heard the news, and the father did the first thing he knew what to do, is go to the school and see if his son was alive. And so he went to the school to look for the school, and all he found was a shapeless heap of rubble. And... He didn't know what to do, and so he went to the area where he knew that his son's class was, and it was just rubble, piles of rubble. There was no survivors. There was no one around. And, and like, I, I can't imagine what was going through his mind. And he's in this rubble, and he, and, and, and he started to dig, and he started to just start pulling pieces apart. And people said, you know what, like, Listen, let the, let the rescue crews do this. You need to go home. People were walking around, you know, just calling out their child's name. And parents were wondering, and they were like, they're gone. And crying, and there's grief. And so, you know, he, he's pulling them out, and he's pulling them out. He was motivated because he just knew that he said, I'll always be there for my son. And as he's pulling this rubble out, the, the fire chief comes to him and says, Hey, you need to go home. You're not helping anyone. You're going to die. Stuff is collapsing. This is unsafe. There's explosions. We don't know what's going to happen. Go home. We will look for your son. But he didn't go home. Other parents said, Seriously, go home. You need to just go home. You're not going to find him. You don't have a crane. Like, how are you going to move these boulders? But he kept looking for his son. The f police chief came too. Tried to get him away. He said, you're angry and distraught. It's over. You're endangering others. We'll handle it. Go home. But he dug for eight hours. Twelve hours. Twenty-four hours went by. And he didn't go home. Thirty-six hours. And this father is still looking and calling, Armin, Armin, Armin. Are you there? No answer. And at the 38th hour, he pulled back a boulder and he heard his son's voice. And immediately he yelled, Armin! And back came the words, Dad, I told them, I told the other kids that if you were still alive, you would save me. You promised you would always be there for me. You did it, Dad. And out came Armin 
and a bunch of other kids that were found in this pocket. See, God keeps His promise. God keeps over watching over His Word to perform it. God keeps over His promise. See, God blessed Hannah with more children after that. She couldn't have one children. All of a sudden, she's able to have lots of children. God blessed her. See, and the timing of that is critical because we read in Scripture that if, if Hannah would have given birth to Samuel sooner, Samuel would have been possibly raised by Eli's wicked sons, Hophni and Ephnah or something. And they're two guys that had no regard for God. They were wicked in the eyes of the Lord. They were just, they caused problems. And here Samuel could have been raised by those, influenced by those boys. If it would have been later, if this never happened till a few years later, he would never have been able to catch the mantle that came from Eli. Eli would have been too old. He would have missed the timing. See, God has perfect timing. God knows when the plan and purpose is supposed to come. And God saw that purpose come at the right time. See, we can worry about the time. We, we think it's our, we, th- we think we know the time. We think we have a pretty good idea of God. You, you should do that miracle right now. You should, you should fulfill that right now because this is a good time. I don't know about you, but I've prayed that many times. And I said, God, like, what's going on? Like, do you have a delay of time? Like, what time zone are you on? Because, uh, 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 like, I need you now. Not in two hours. I need you right now. But God always shows up at the right time. And I used to hate that saying. Because it's like, the right time is my time. Not some other time. But it's like, God, you know in your plan and your purpose. And to conclude, and, and uh, guys, if you could come. and She had a purpose. Hannah had a purpose. Hannah had a problem. Hannah had a provoker. Hannah prayed, and Hannah received the promise. As I was preparing this message, I, um, on Thursday night, I was sitting in my house and uh, just kind of going over this. And I had written and, and thought through this message tonight. And I thought back to a camp that I was at in the year 2000, 13 years ago. And we were at this camp in Okanagan, British Columbia, and uh, I was there with Trevor Meyer, and he was speaking, and I was actually doing sound at the back. Uh, Aaron and Kevin Machado were there leading worship, and we were there, and there was a whole crew of us, and we were just in youth, just graduated from youth, and we were doing these camps all summer where we'd go and minister. And so we're at this camp, and uh, God was just moving powerfully, and, and at one service, we felt to really call out every uh, demonic spirit in the place. Okay, like that's a crazy thing to do. The reason why we did it was, Trev just, we felt like Carlos Andocondia, seen it on a video where he like would call out every evil spirit. Like this is, it was like we've never done this before, but we just felt God saying it. This is at a camp of 213 to 17 year old students. So we call that out. We say right now, every evil spirit in this room come out because you want to, God is going to set you free. And Within about a minute, there was snakes slithering on the ground. Kids that were like all over the place, like wigging out. And I mean, all of us are like, oh, what's going on? Like, 
It was crazy. Okay, like it was like we saw like it was nothing like I've seen before since. But I believe we're going to see more of that. Because wherever Jesus went, there was deliverance. There was people set free. And so what happened was all these kids, so we actually took them out and we led them through just deliverance. Just, hey, we want to, God wants to clean out your life. God wants to, God wants to set you free and kind of like a closet. He just wants to sweep out all the bad stuff and he's going to fill you with good stuff. And so these students, we led them through confession of just all the stuff. It's like, I just got, God, I got to give all this up. I'm surrendering this all. And as we did it, 50 to 60 students were set free like that. And this one girl I remember was on the, on the floor. And so a number of the girls took her into the room and they were praying for her for a couple hours. And there was still just, just stuff in her life that she had to give up and so the night ended and we went as a ministry team to go and pray for her. And as we're there in this uh, back room, this nursery of this camp, God just set this girl free. And it was so beautiful to see just distraught and pain and grief lifted. And Jesus come in and just set her free. There was joy that was just beaming off her face. And... Uh, so we said, you know what? God has done a great thing in you tonight. And he wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit. She goes, I'd like that. So we prayed for her. She was filled with the Holy Spirit, overflowing, speaking in other languages, tongues. It was just, it was beautiful. 14-year-old girl, just set free. And as we witnessed this, there was 10 of us in the room. We said, what God's done in your life is amazing. So you need to pray over us. Just pray. Whatever God puts on your mind. And she says, well, how do I pray? She didn't even know. Like, just like, say whatever you feel like that God's putting in your heart. So this childlike face, she didn't know what it looked like. She didn't know the formality. She didn't say, okay, you know, amen and all the, the stuff we say. She just starts speaking out the things that God starts speaking to her. And she starts speaking over herself and all of a sudden she saw herself in the visionary realm and she began to prophesy like I've never seen someone prophesy. It was truly God in the room. And she starts speaking out things and then she went around the room and she started pulling out things out of every one of us there. Leaders and everything, the pastor of the camp, just just reading his mail, poor to say, like like things about you have a dream to do this, and I see you here, and I see you there, and da 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 da. It's like, okay, God, you're in the room. And I remember sitting there, and she she pointed at me, and she spoke things. And I remember, to be honest, I wrote down the wording, and she said, things are going to happen. You have a dream. God has it in your life, and you're waiting on a promise. And she went all this stuff through my life. And I remember, it was like, I, it was a confirmation. It was like, she wasn't saying new stuff. She was saying stuff I knew, but it was like God was confirming it. And the wording that she just released it in, it was like, I just wrote that down. And so for 13 years, I have said, okay, God, I'm waiting on some promises. God, do you have a purpose for me? You have a plan for me. You have a destiny for me. And I've seen some of that fulfilled, but God, I'm, I want it all. Other people may say it's all good, you know, you, everything's good on the outside. But inside, it's like, God, I want it all. And so for 13 years, and, and as I prepared this message on Tuesday, 
I've said, God, confirm those words. Confirm that, that you're bringing that in. Like, that I will know that it's that season. And so as I'm reviewing this Thursday night, this message that I'm going to preach, that I just preached, about the purpose, the problem, the provoker, praying, living it. Not just preaching it, but that I'm there. I'm living it. I've been, I've had provokers. I've had provokers in ministry that are the best people, people I love, but they provoked me and they brought me to where I am today. And I thank God that He can use situations like that to bring people forward. But I've, I've been there. Maybe you're here tonight and you're like, I can resonate with maybe every one of those stages. We're all kind of at all those stages, it seems at times. In some areas, at some stage, at some... And so, as I'm reading this over Thursday night, I get a text message from a friend in Atlanta, Georgia. It says, I have you on my heart tonight, and I want to tell you what the Lord said. And he verbatim told me the exact words that I heard in that room 13 years ago. And I read that, and I actually didn't even think about it. And then I, and then I went back to it again, and I'm like... Are you kidding me? And it was like, for a moment, I'm like, and I felt God say, I just answered this word tonight. You're preaching a word, but you're living it, and I'm just answering it. And I believe God wants to answer the word tonight in your life. God wants to break through things. There are promises over people in this room that God wants to break through tonight. There is a spirit of breakthrough here tonight. There is a spirit of breakthrough. There are people in this room that you have a call, that you maybe went to Bible college at one time. There's a component of you that is called to some kind of full-time ministry or missions. And you're like, I have not seen that come yet, God. What's that look like? God wants to renew that vision and that dream inside of you tonight. He wants to remind you tonight that He watches over His Word to perform it. Maybe you're here tonight and you need a healing. You're like, I have a dream, I have a purpose, but I have some setbacks. God wants to heal you tonight. Do you believe He can? You're watching online, and I don't know where in the world you are, but there's a leader watching online, and God wants to say to you and remind you of the calling that's on your life. The destiny is great. The dream is great. And God is going to expand your territory and take you into new nations. And I just released that. There's someone watching online that you have an earache in the left ear, and God wants to heal your ear. God wants to set you free and just there be a total hearing repair. In 2009, a lady came to the front here and her brother was in the hospital with a coma. And he had, he had an accident and he had trouble speaking and walking and he had recovered a bit. She came, received prayer in the gap for her, her brother. She got a text message two hours later. He's sitting up and talking to us. See, that's God. Only God can do miracles like that. And you know what? In our mind, we may say, oh, okay, well, that's, you know, that's just, that's just life. And sometimes, yeah, come on. That's the Spirit of God. So I just want everyone to close their eyes and bow their heads for a minute. If you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the greatest miracle that can happen tonight is that you know Jesus. 
whether you maybe have known him at one time or, or you tonight go, you know what, Travis, honestly, I'm not in the right place with God. If it were to all end tonight, I don't know him. I don't know him like Hannah knew God. I, I don't know God tonight. He wants to come into your life tonight. He wants to change your situation. He wants to give you a hope and a plan and a future. He's the one that will give you a dream. He's the one that will make you successful. So if that's you tonight, with no one looking around, I'm going to ask you to just stand. You go, I need Jesus tonight. I need to, I need to either come back to him or I need, I need him for the first time. I just want you to stand in this place. There's no one looking around and just say, yeah. I need Jesus tonight. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. 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 I'm just going to wait. See, you can't have a dream or a purpose of God if you don't know God. God wants you to know Him. Just gonna wait. And if you've stood, just stay standing, and we're gonna pray. And I would ask everyone to pray this Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. And without you, the Bible says that I'll go to hell. But I ask you tonight to come into my life. I want to know you tonight. I don't want to just know about you. I don't want to just read about you. I don't want to just sing about you. God, I want to know you. I want want you to know me. Save me, Jesus. Set me free from my sin. Heal my mind, heal my heart, and heal my body. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. If you prayed that prayer tonight, later, I'd like you to come tell us and we want to get your information and make sure that you're plugged in a church and make sure that there's discipleship and follow-up because... It's an amazing decision. And we're, we're here because of that. We can resurge all night long and we can sing all night long. And I know it's Sean's heart, but like he said, if it's not about the souls, what's the point? The second thing tonight as a response, I, I felt in this word too that it's not just about us. See, Canada has a purpose. Canada has a problem. See, Canada has a purpose. We've heard for many years that Canada will be healing leaves to the nation. There's a purpose in Canada. There's a purpose in Edmonton. God wants Edmonton to be saved. God wants Canada to be a revival nation. God wants to do something in His Spirit in this nation. There's purpose. There's a plan. But there's also a problem. There, there's obstacles that come against. There is, there, is, there is forces the Bible talks about that are not for the Lord. There is stuff we face. There are provokers that come against our nation and our cities. 
But God wants to use them to bring his promise. But will we pray for the nation? Will we believe it for the nation? Sometimes we look at ourselves. Yeah, it's about us. It's about the promise. It's about the dream for us. But as it fulfills in us, it fulfills in the nation as well. We're part of the nation. We're not just lone people, islands, but we're citizens of Canada who happen to be citizens of heaven at the same time. And we're called to bring the kingdom. The very resurrection power of Jesus Christ lives inside of us. There's purpose. There's a plan for the nation. Will you continue to pray for the nation? Will you believe Canada could be saved in one day? Do you believe that God could do a miracle, that revival could break out in His nation and people could turn to God by the millions? I'm believing that. I want Canada to be saved. I want nations of the world to be saved. Tonight, there's people here that you have a call for missions. You have a call for ministry that God, maybe it's a new thing. Maybe even as you're here tonight, God's saying, that's you. You're called to go somewhere. Maybe it's short term. Maybe it's, maybe it's Bible college. Maybe you've been to Bible college, but God's saying, I want you to remember that dream to do something crazy for me. I want you to just stand if that's you. If you go, God's speaking to me tonight. I don't know what that looks like. God's speaking to me about a dream, about about the, about going out ministry. I was at a camp in Winnipeg, uh, actually Manitoba, Manhattan Beach, four years ago. There was this girl at the altar that responded to the call of God. Two weekends ago, she saw me at somewhere and she says, "Are you the guy that was at that camp?" And I said, "Yeah." And I I didn't remember her to be honest. I faked it. I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, you look familiar." You know, when you try to, and she's like, you don't remember me at all. Nope, nope, don't. Got me. She goes, I was at that camp. I stood up for the call of God, and now I'm in my fourth year of Bible college, and I've accepted a youth pastor job. Thank you, because I responded to the call of God. So if you're standing, let's pray. God, I just pray right now for every person standing in this room that feels your prompting, that feels your stirring, that feels that that there is just, this is a now moment to stand because you're calling. God, we don't know what it looks like. We don't know how we're going to get there. We don't know what to do. But God, you take care of all that. Tonight we understand the purpose. We understand the dream. And God, we'll just pray into that and wait upon you for your timing. But God, we ask for breakthrough tonight in Jesus' name over every person that's standing in this room, over every country that is on somebody's heart tonight. There's somebody that you have a heart for India. God is stirring that inside of you. There's someone that's got a heart for Japan, that that, that you're going to go to Japan or you're going to go on a short-term missions to Japan. There's somebody that has a heart for nations that are restricted, like Iran, and I see different Muslim nations that God is putting on your heart. And there's fear in you that's been holding you back. But God is saying, will you trust me? Will you trust me tonight? I'm calling you. I'm calling you. So God, we don't know how that looks. We don't know how to get there. But in Jesus' name, I ask for right now peace. I ask for fear to leave every one of these people that are standing. And I ask for the sovereign Lord to do a miracle in every person. That they would know, that they would know, that they know that they've heard you. 
and that there would be a trust that can only come from you, a confidence in who you are and who we are in you, a son and daughter. I'm going to ask the uh, ministry team can come. Why don't we all stand in this place? If you're uh, designated to be on the ministry team tonight, we ask that uh, only the people that are designated pray with people tonight. I just feel, I said to Sean before the service, God's just going to, there's going to be a real, uh, I said it, I just said there's going to be just a real move of the Holy Spirit tonight. It's just, it's just here. He's just, he's in our midst. In a moment, Sean's going to come and lead us, but I'm going to open the altars. And what I feel tonight is that we, if you need a, if you need a healing in your body, I want you to come. If you go, I've got a dream, I've got a purpose, I've got stuff inside of me, but I've not seen it come yet. And I, I'm like Hannah. And I know that God's purposed me. And people may say, your life's great. But at the end of the day, I know that I know that I know that there's an, there's something else. The dream, the purpose needs to be released. Then I'm going to invite you to come and we're going to lay hands. And I believe the Holy Spirit, God, is going to do miracles. That God is going to break through in your life tonight. I know that I know that I know that. He's fulfilled it in my life, a thing that I prayed for 13 years this week. And He's here to do it for you. He's the same God that called Samuel, that He heard His voice. God wants you to hear His voice tonight. Because He hears the Lord, Samuel. So if that's you, would you come tonight? Come, 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 come. And ministry team, as you pray, I just want you to release what God's put in you to pray, to prophesy, to just release that. Jo- Joanne, if you feel to come and pray, and Lena, just just be released to come. And... Yeah, Jesus.